0: This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of Patreon at patreon.com slash says who your dollars and cents not only help this podcast happen, but it also gets you stuff in return. Go to patreon.com slash says who and support us. Thanks.
1: Hey, it's your pal, Maureen, your friend, your buddy. Listen. This is the last week of pre-ordering The Hand on the Wall, because next week, it'll be out. That's right. So if you would like a free lenticular print, go to maureenjohnsonbooks.com, and there's a post showing you how. I also post about it a lot on Twitter. And also right now, if, you, if you've thought to yourself, this truly devious series, I'd like to start, but I guess I have to start at the beginning, and that, uh, how will I do it? Well, guess what? For whatever reason, the e the ebook is on sale this week for (gasps) $2.99. Yeah.
0: What a coincidence.
1: Yeah. So you can go and get the ebook for $2.99. Now, I don't want to tell you to just go and get the ebook for $2.99. But look, that's less. That is way less. That is about half the price of the average New York cup of Starbucks fancy coffee. It's it's pretty it's definitely cheaper than like a cup of coffee at a, at a fancy place for that. You could start the truly devious series right now, right now, right you now. You could, you could, again, I don't want you to steal other people's phones and iPads and just buy it on there. But like, I don't know, like maybe you should, I don't know. I don't want to tell you what to do. If you just,
0: if you just powered through, you could start with truly devious. You could have the second one read all by next Tuesday. When the third comes
1: out, this is really a good time to get on board because you can now just binge the whole series, get the whole thing. You don't have to wait anymore. It is time. You're in the window from here on in. You can get the whole, you'll be able to read the whole thing. So that's the deal. So I'll be on tour next week. I'll be in LA, Denver, Philadelphia, Christiana, Delaware, Athens, Georgia. Yeah, I think that's it. And, You forgot
0: the Philly area.
1: I said Philadelphia. Oh, you did? Yeah. I don't know.
0: I don't really listen to you.
1: Dan. Anyway, books.
0: Hey, and this is Dan. You've got a lot of reading ahead of you with all three of Maureen's books to get done uh, by this time next week. But there is an impeachment trial that is looming, that is imminent. And you need to keep up with that, too. How can you do that? How can you do both of those things at once? How? You can subscribe at impeachment.fyi, and I will simply write up what happens every day as the impeachment proceedings proceed. You'll get an email from me. It doesn't have any swears ever. That is a fact that I am very proud of. And it will also keep you up to date with uh, what is happening every day in the evening. Sign up at impeachment.fyi slash sign up.
1: Impeachment.fyi, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh, impeachment, impeachment, impeach. Wow. Hey, Dan. What? How are you?
0: Maureen, I am very, very tired. I, For whatever reason, I have not slept well in days and days and days. And it turns out that's not good for your brain stuff.
1: Oh, how, well, how are you, Dan?
0: Tired. How are you? You are the one. A big week for you.
1: Hmm? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Dan. Dan, I don't know. It's
0: Good. I don't know. <laughs> this is going to be a good episode.
1: <laughs> It'll be fine, probably. People like this, I right? Look, this is this is the energy. This is the yeah, Dan. Def- There's why a debate I'm tonight. Laughing. There's a debate tonight, I'm not Dan. watching that shit at all.
0: Dan? It's not happening.
1: Anyway, it's going to be good content. Buckle up, buckaroos.
0: Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast.
1: It's a podcast. I'm Maureen Johnson, and I
0: am Dan Sinker. Maureen Johnson, Dan the Sinker, Sinker. Your book, "The Hand the... on the Wall," I know, comes out in one week. I know. This time next week,
1: I will be in Los Angeles. That is exciting. Which will be nice.
0: It will. It'll be warm. It'll be good.
1: Can I just say this, it's Dan? Coming out. Right before the book comes out, it's like my brain. It's like all the tubes that run my brain get unhooked and like steam starts coming out. It just sort of looks like a spaceship that's gone wrong. It's Oh, no, there's smoke in the hallways. You know what I'm saying?
0: I do. That's what it's like for you right now, because your book comes out next week. This is your first book series that has been written entirely during the period of time that we have been doing Says Who?
1: That's true. Yeah, this is an entire. Oh, we've been doing this. This is our. We are. We are in calendar year four.
0: Jesus, don't not, say that.
1: We haven't been doing it, it for true? four years, but we are in calendar year four.
0: I don't know what that means.
1: It That's means higher started, math than I have capacity for. No, I mean for. we started in 2016.
0: Ah, yes, we are in calendar year four. Oh, that explains a lot. Mm-hmm. That explains a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about your book, Maureen Johnson. I I started reading it last night.
1: Did you read the part that says, to Dan? I did. Did you just read that mur- over and over and go like,
0: oh. Over and over. Oh, that's me. Oh, Maureen, I am not kidding. I have not slept in days. And you know how your whole body just starts to co- collapse at that point? Mm-hmm. I am at that point. Like I said, I got no brain stuff right now.
1: Good. Good.
0: Yeah. This'll so be good. I'm strap in, everyone. It's gonna be a good time. I do, though, I want to start with something good. All right. I want to give a bonsai tree update, Maureen. Let's hear it. For those for those of you that listened to last week's episode, which um Last week was a hard week news wise and uh I ended it with telling the story of uh the bonsai tree that I have been um I have been taking care of for the last couple of years it was a gift uh right after my dad died and uh I accidentally killed it uh over over winter it. break no Uh, we had to move it to put our Christmas tree in and, and somehow with everything else that I had going on, I completely forgot about it. Two weeks later, two weeks later, Janice goes, Oh my God, your bonsai tree. And it's just this like literal like stick with just some Brown leaves falling off. You kind of look at it wrong and four more leaves fall off. Like
1: a Charlie Brown Christmas tree.
0: Yeah. And it was, it was devastating to me in a way that i wasn't expecting and uh i sort of fruitlessly watered it for two weeks and then right before we recorded last week i noticed that there was like maybe the hint of a bud on it and maureen it is covered with tiny little <gasps> buds now what it was that was just the one that i literally it was like i think maybe that's a thing Uh, for a few days and now, and then at one point there were three that I definitely was like, I can count these. And I think these are for real. And, uh, now it is, there are too many to count and there are even some tiny little leaves. It has fully, I, I believe that it has come back.
1: You need to post pictures of that.
0: I, so in our Patreon, I posted a, a photo of it last week at the kind of, at its lowest point. Uh, it is because it's like right in a window. So it's silhouetted. It's still a little bit hard to see from photographs. I actually took it, took one today, but as soon as there are sort of leaves that you can really read as leaves, I will have a new picture up, but it, I can't quite describe the relief that I feel now great. when I look at it, it is great. See, see, Maureen, things can turn around.
1: Nothing can go wrong now.
0: Well, I wouldn't go that far. I would. Oh boy.
1: <laughs> Good.
0: Uh let's let's keep it going though. Uh this is 2020. Mm-hmm. It is a new year. We have not had a check-in on says who you in quite a while, Maureen. How's it, it Occurred going? to me. It occurred to me when I was putting show notes together that we have not talked uh, for a bit about Says Who You. First, would you remind listeners what Says Who You even is?
1: Says Who You is a idea, initiative that we started last year, which is just take, we kind of said 15 minutes or something, away from devices, news, feeds, phones, and go out and just do or be something, anything. Just start a thing, do a thing, take a break, and people just started doing all kinds of just things, great things, and sharing all the information
0: yeah, and it has it, it has been a thing that I took to heart i have I have done all sorts of projects and things from the from the time we launched it till then what I have gotten bad about and what i'm trying to re reorient myself on is uh there was a good period of time where i was completely uh completely skipping looking at my phone when i was in bed and uh i have gotten very bad at that and i'm working hard to come back to just kind of sitting doing a little bit of journaling and then uh and then just reading
1: i so since the new year i've got my nice new david bowie moleskin notebook and I've been making, I have a little chart for each day. Um, so because I have the, I have, a, I have seasonal affective disorder, which like a lot of people. So I found that one of the really helpful things that I started doing this, I guess, two years ago is I just have a little chart uh-huh. and I keep a little arrow. I like note little arrows through four quadrants of the day.
0: Whoa.
1: So I'll do like a morning early afternoon, mid-afternoon, evening. And I'll just put a little arrow that sort of indicates how it's going. And what I've noticed is that when you see that there are a lot, it turns out there are a lot more up arrows than I realized.
0: So wait, an, an up arrow means it's going good?
1: Yeah, it's going well. Okay. Up means good. Sideways means like it's a little iffy. And down is really bad. I don't think I've ever put a down wow. arrow in. If they're almost, I've noticed actually since I started the system, they're almost always up, almost always. Um, and I'll also be able to notice if there's a pattern of the tricky times, um, like uh-huh. if it's sort of literally, it's, you know, it will frequently be sort of four to seven, like four to six in there, uh, if it happens, or even certain times of days or, um, or if I'm traveling, it often mm-hmm. happens. Like, so first thing I notice is that when you see that there's a, any kind of traction of goodness, it tends to be very rewarding if you have this. Like, oh, things are actually, like, this is all achievable and doable. And I could see that there are ups and downs. But it's most, luckily, it's mostly ups. But even if you don't, by even seeing there are patterns, it seems to help. And are
0: you annotating what's happening at the course of an arrow or is it no, simply just a little time of day base?
1: Yeah, it's just a little, so it's a super, so that's a super quick checklist. So I can just go chink, chink, chink. And usually I forget to fill it in because frankly, they end up usually being up. And I feel like the chart itself helps to create that. Wow. It, it's like the chart, it's like by noting, you can help. Then I have my little habit tracker next to it. So... Just the, the just the things I'm trying to build. And just, you know, just kind of try to I feel like sometimes when you start a a have a, like a new hobby or no, It's not a hobby, but like a resolution, you feel like I have to charge in super hard and then then you start to peter off because you get freaked out. I think yeah. the opposite is probably better where you just kind of dabble a little bit. <laughs> like make it make the bar so low that you can meet it. Um, so I just keep little checks of the things I'm like, which days did these things happen on? And then I just have a little line. So it's like, I have a, I've tab across a spread. So one page has the checks on it. And then I have like a blank line on the other page where I can write just a couple notes about the day, but literally a couple words, like, because I am terrible at keeping track of this kind of stuff. So it has to be super easy for someone like me. So I'll just kind of note what happened that day. So I can just have a little mental reminder. Like I did this, I did that. So because of all of this, Dan, because of like, I, I this feeling of kind of renewal in 2020. So as I told you, I got stuff installed. I was, Dan, I told you I was going to rebuild myself. Yeah. I have hired a trainer, a personal trainer, who's also a physical therapist. Yes. And I have already been twice for, so I'm training on Pilates, on the reformer to get muscle strength back. Um, And she's helping me with the frozen shoulder as well. So it's like the whole thing. I've done like super long proper hardcore yoga classes. So yours truly is rebuilding.
0: That is awesome.
1: So, yeah. But I like this little system of the checks because I don't know why. I don't know where I picked it up or if I even did or if I just hacked it together based on a number of things I read. But. Just having a little like a little note, just a little up this up down note. I think for me, it's really useful. And for whatever reason, there's always going to be like some sort of psychological built in reason of having a little track that says, oh, there are up arrows. Maybe things aren't as bad as I thought they were.
0: Yeah, totally. That is some next level journaling.
1: I started. It's really easy. It's very, very simple. I mean, it's literally just a couple lines that just say once is AM, once is 12 to 4, once is 4 to 8, once is PM. And sometimes I put a little extra column that says like weather, like the weather conditions. So if it's sunny, sometimes I put like a little yellow dot or a little yellow sun in there because um, that tends to help. But yeah. what I found is what I started doing this again, like maybe a year or two ago, hugely helpful. Wow. and i can look back during some of the harder times like last this time last year we were losing our pup zelda and that was right. rough but i actually note from the course of the the arrows that we i was holding up pretty good and i feel like i was looking at my arrows and going i can do this things are better than i i recognized
0: man that's awesome I, that is awesome cuz i
1: think we tend to remember bad more than good. So, by having Definitely. a visual reminder that things were better than we thought seems to have some sort of virtuous circle. And any psychologist out there, you know, maybe you can let me know. Like, I'm sure that there's a, there's a, I'm sure there's some kind of research behind something like this. Cause I've read all these kind of books. So, I'm sure I coughed it up from somewhere. But anyway, right. I didn't mean to go on this little.
0: I love it. I love it. Because as we, as we discussed last week, I started. By purely accidentally running across the book end capped at a library. I started bullet journaling and it has been, it has been hugely helpful. And I am super interested in all of these little hacks now. So that is um, that's awesome. I may try something like that.
1: What changed my life last year, of course, was going to Costa Rica. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that genuinely changed my life. I mean, I do good. I I still feel like I'm holding on to that whatever happened to me there changed my brain for the positive sunlight so that's why i'm coming to you from a place of oh boy positivity a place of personal growth but also a feeling of interconnectedness that we all grow at once we all grow for it
0: we do grow for it in 2020 oh boy do we and i will tell you that place of interconnected growth or whatever it was you just said Mm -hmm. is facebook slash groups slash says whovians where folks have been sharing all kinds of amazing stuff that they have been up to including a bunch of different journaling techniques which is super cool a bunch of different folks Prompted by our discussion last episode, talking about the different ways that they're kind of keeping track of things here in 2020, uh, but also people are making Baby Yoda cookies. There is on uh, on Facebook, there is uh, a regular pup dates from a says Huvian mm-hmm. who is <laughs> uh, she is training her service dog right now. She just got a new service dog who helps uh, who helps her out with I believe seizures, and she has been putting photos of training this new dog and it is amazing that's so cool it's a good spot it's a good spot and speaking of of the facebook group and i will point out i'm not on facebook but janice uh does an amazing job of moderating it and she often bubbles up cool stuff that's happening and here's a cool thing last episode you were talking about working with TaskRabbit to get your shit done Mm-hmm. and uh and a says Whovian chimed in and said you know what i got super excited when maureen mentioned task rabbit because um i believe her husband got laid off for something and he started doing TaskRabbit uh I- in the interim and now all these says Whovians in the chicago area are hiring her husband to get their shit done that's great says Whovian's helping says Whovians here maureen
1: well, that's our episode. Thanks for coming in. And
0: <laughs> uh, It's like we're a self-help podcast now.
1: Well, it's not a podcast. It's a coping
0: strategy. That's true. That's a good point. Well, what are we coping from, Maureen? The news.
1: Is there any we... news?
0: There is. There is. And we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. Um, impeachment is back, Maureen. Dot F what? as a As a person that has been chronicling impeachment, let me tell you, the last couple of weeks have been real slow but um yeah. but it is it is picking back up. they the house is voting to move the articles of impeachment to the Senate tomorrow, which means that probably about this time next week, we will be in the Senate trial of the President of the United States,
1: and how is that going to go, Dan?
0: That's a good question um. There is certainly a part of me that believes that it won't happen, that the 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 Senate could simply vote 51 votes to dismiss the charges. So there's that. But it does feel like there are enough Republicans at this point, Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and then today Heroes. Lamar... Lamar, not really. They (laughs) won't go. Come on now.
1: (laughs) These moral
0: giants. (laughs) And then uh, today, Lamar Alexander, who I will be 100 percent honest, had no idea was still a senator. Uh, They have all said that they uh, that they want the trial to commence. Uh, And that they are at least open to the idea of calling witnesses, but they would they want to have a vote for that after opening arguments take place.
1: So the opening arguments. Who presents those opening arguments? So, yeah.
0: So the the trial of the president looks looks like this. So the chief justice. So so um, Chief Justice Roberts will come and he is the judge. Uh, the presiding judge of this trial, the senators act as jurors, right? Um, Which is very different than what we saw in the house where the senators act as clowns, right? Um, The senators can't speak. So they will sit in silence. They are not allowed to uh, be on phones or anything else either. Um, So they will be, they will be watching what is happening. The, the, The analog to prosecutors in this trial are called impeachment managers or House managers. For some reason, they it is an interchangeable term. Um, These are folks that are selected by the House. And Nancy Pelosi has not yet announced who those House managers will be. Um, But during the Clinton impeachment, there were 13 of them. So it's like a bunch of people. Um, And they run through the case against they are. Donald They are Trump. from
1: the House of Representatives and they come over and they.
0: Exactly. Okay. And they they prosecute the case, right? Like they lay out the arguments for for removing the president from office. And different folks will take different aspects of it, that sort of thing. Um, they have, I believe the deal is that the House managers have 24 hours with which to lay out their case, and that is spread out over multiple days. And then the president's defense team will then also have 24 hours with which to defend the president and likely lay out their Wackadoo case. Um, After that, there is, I believe it's 16 hours, once again, spread out over a couple of days for questions from senders, and those are submitted in writing. And answered um so there is not going to be that same level of you know kind of yelling at each other and and passive aggressive
1: i cannot uh, believe that i am sitting here without my coat on me jim jordan oh good because i couldn't look through that that was unwatchable well
0: maureen that's where the bad news comes in because We don't know yet what the president's defense team is going to look like. And there have been multiple rumors (laughs) that Jim Jordan and Doug Collins may be on it.
1: All right. no, look, I cannot wait for the Harlem Globetrotters of stupid that is going to roll out of that car.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My favorite rumor is this morning's where Rudy has been lobbying hard to join the team
1: text him and find out
0: i did i wrote him but he won't write me back anymore maureen i don't know if i got a dead i i burn the number all the time so it's coming in (laughs) it's coming in through a new it's coming in through a new number but he doesn't take the bait i might be he may have gotten rid of that phone is my is my gut But yeah, so Jim Jordan and Rudy may both be defending the president.
1: Dan, is that going to happen? Could we get that lucky?
0: I, it, uh, it's (laughs) very hard. It's very easy for me to imagine that we may end up with folks from the House on there. Uh, Even though apparently that is like super uncouth and not a thing that happens, but I would gut that 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 feels realistic. Mm-hmm. Rudy Giuliani, who is a central figure in all of this, mm-hmm. being on the defense mm-hmm. feels impossible for my brain to
1: process. And yet, and and yet. All right, Trump's team. Let's just say you have to pick five people. My tr- I want Trump dream team, obviously rudy giuliani all right now let's really spice it up charlie sheen i like it. that's a guy that's going to get him it's going to bring a lot of really positive so we're gonna have charlie sheen uh i think um nicholas cage i just like the energy that's going to bring
0: uh i feel like that just sullies nick cage though
1: does but he's going to be the respectable one like he'll be the now, now listen it's just uh serious i i don't want to trash nick i'm not trying to bring nicholas cage down
0: i feel like i feel like nicholas cage having to defend donald all trump right. is all right that's gonna be hard for him to overcome all right gonna, he's gone through a lot
1: okay rudy giuliani charlie sheen uh
0: what if instead of Nicolas Cage, it was Nicholas's Nicholas Cage's Elephant Man skeleton that he owns?
1: All right, uh, Kirk Cameron.
0: <laughs> sure, <laughs> that that one makes sense.
1: Uh Gomez Adams. Now I realize that's a fictional character. So right, but he is a lawyer.
0: <laughs> is he?
1: Yeah. And he would just bring a a lot of fun energy. He would just bring a really good, I just think he was, he's not evil, but he is an atom. So I just think that would be a a really fun energy. I like it. And also the character Muttley, the cartoon (laughs) dog who snickers. From the Laugh Olympics. Yeah. (laughs) That one?
0: Yeah. I like, I like that. It is... Every every single thing that I've read, and I've read a lot, it keeps underscoring how much Donald Trump wants it to play well on TV. So, oh, well, I think uh, Muttley would do it.
1: Or, and then, uh, additional team member, an actual Juicero. Not the inventor of the <laughs> Juicero. A Juicero itself. I like it. Oh, I like it, Maureen. Uh, the founder... The founder of the Fire Festival should be on the stage. Sure. Uh, I'm now I'm starting to establish a solid team. So so far I've got Rudy Giuliani, Charlie Sheen, Nicholas's cage's skeleton, um, Gomez Adams, the character, Muttley, the cartoon dog, and a juicero. <laughs> and um, the founder and of the, the Fire Festival. The founder Fest. of the Fire Festival. Um that's a I pretty think He
0: would get t- the ratings that he really wants.
1: That's a good... T- that is it. A- I'd like to hand the questioning over to the Juicero. <laughs> it just squeezes. <laughs>
0: Out comes some <laughs> green sludge into a cup. So these these opening statements, as they're called, though it's really sort of like, here's our case, and then here's our defense case... Those will happen. The Senate tours will. I don't know why I said it like that. What happened in my brain? Um, the senators will then submit their questions. And at, after that, they will have another vo- or ostensibly they will have another vote, which is do we go ahead and vote at this point or do we ask for witnesses, which would be called by both sides? Um, A reminder that a vote to actually remove the president from office requires a two thirds majority of the Senate, which is very high and has never happened. Um, But any sort of rules things is 51 people. And so that's where that's where folks like Romney and Collins and Murkowski and Alexander may have the ability to affect real change though all right
1: but let's just say they do vote to have witnesses the next question is are we going to get say people like john bolton
0: well john bolton has said he would right so that was probably the biggest game changer in the kind of Democrats drumbeat of we're holding back these articles in the hopes that we can get witnesses agreed on ahead of time. Um, Until John Bolton said, well, I'd do it. Uh, It was always sort of theoretical. Mm -hmm. Um, My understanding is that the chief justice, who is the presiding judge of this, of this trial can compel any witness Mm-hmm. So you can't simply say, man, I'm not coming right. The chief chief justice can do that though. Uh, and I actually learned this from Akilah Hughes's fine podcast. What a day um, senators can actually vote. And it's again, only a 51 vote. They can vote to overrule the judge. So another way where, um, where shit's different than a real trial. Um, but that that's apparently thought of as being uncouth, though. Who knows?
1: And we we wouldn't want to be uncouth.
0: Yes. Um, in theory, if witnesses are called, those witnesses would show up.
1: Wasn't that the same true in the House that if you're called by Congress, you're really supposed to show up?
0: Uh, well, the difference is that the in Congress, if you don't show up, you can go to court and run through the courts up to the Supreme Court for a final decision. um And in this, it basically short circuits it by having the chief justice of the Supreme Court, the presiding justice. Okay. So the idea is he basically says, yeah, they're going to show up and then that there's no There's no real recourse at that point other than senators voting to ignore what the chief justice says.
1: So, Dan, what are your predictions for this? Uh,
0: On a good day, I think that we will at least get the kind of opening argument stuff. Uh, I still think witnesses is a long shot on a bad day. I think they will. They are the. Republicans in the Senate are playing a long game, rope-a-dope, and they are going to dismiss it before it even goes to trial.
1: Okay. Well,
0: but I feel like today's a good day. (laughs) So that's my prediction. But I would be very surprised if we actually get witnesses.
1: Well, this is all scheduled to start next Tuesday, right?
0: It's not scheduled yet, um, but the general belief is that the trial will probably get underway next Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, there's a bunch of like swearing in all the jurors and the all of you know, there's there's a few days of rigmarole before things would actually get underway. And but um, would
1: Trump himself have to ever appear or. He unless he was
0: called as a witness. Um, And again, if witnesses were, were chosen, but I would be, I would be that he has not been on the list of kind of hoped for witnesses What the Democrats would like to call John Bolton, who has said he would go and Mick Mulvaney, who has the chief of staff, um, who I guess would, would go. They also have two people from the office of management and budget that they would like to, um, who they would like to, to get in as well. Um, The flip of this, of course, is that if the Democrats were to get witnesses, the Republicans get witnesses, too. And that's the White House (laughs) making shit fucking nuts and calling in Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi is the top of Trump's list.
1: But what would let's just say they did that. What does it even look like?
0: I don't fucking I have no clue. I have no clue. I mean it just if, it if looks want, like a shit show. If you want to
1: call Nancy Pelosi, I guess do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't. The Nancy Pelosi one especially I don't I don't understand. Adam Schiff, I guess there's like Oh, they also want to call the whistleblower. Um Adam Schiff, I guess I can understand the there the maybe there are some questions, but All of it is fucking nuts. And it's certainly a, you know, like it is, witnesses are absolutely a double-edged sword.
1: Well, luckily that's all the news that's happening.
0: Well, there is a Democratic debate tonight, Maureen. Nope. We are three weeks out from the caucus in Iowa. So we are, we are right on it. And uh, the debate tonight is the last debate. Before the Iowa caucus, <laughs> and it is the smallest group.
1: I'm laughing because just the way you said last debate before the Iowa caucus, it's just we're going to be, this is going to be a million debates, Dan. It's going to go on for all the time. There
0: are. You know, I was remembering when I was putting these notes together, I was remembering that the first debate, which was two nights of debates, I watched from our trailer last summer.
1: Oh, Oh no! That's how. If you want to know why you're parked up next it to it, feels pyramid, like this has
0: been going forever.
1: You're next to a pyramid. You're in a hot car, sweating and talking to yourself. <laughs> the police came. <laughs> remember that?
0: I do remember that. But that's why this feels like it's been going on so long. It's because it
1: has. We have Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, and bizarrely. Um steyer yeah and he's still in this thing
0: he is he is that dude is
1: resilient and meanwhile floating in his own little pirate ship out at sea we still have bloomberg
0: i mean it's less a pirate ship and more one of those like super fancy yachts with a helicopter on but it but
1: it does have a little pirate flag
0: Except that instead of a skull, it's his face, and instead of bones, it's just two crossed stacks of money.
1: It's just two actual people that he just has hanging from a flagpole. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh. But luckily, that's all the news. Because what, when we recorded last weekend, we were like, holy fuck, holy fuck, we just started a war for no reason, instantly, in the middle of the night. And everything looked... Crazy and terrible. Yeah, right? That was last week. That was last week.
0: It does not feel like we are on the brink of World War III anymore. And that was a week ago. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I I was commenting to Janice this morning, like, there is nothing that brings traditional media and politicians and a whole bunch of Americans together in a fucking instant more than just bombing a place, Mm -hmm. right? Like there is lockstep behind the flag usually. And it was like all setting up that way. And this administration has managed to fuck all of it up in a week.
1: Like it's amazing to me. Yep. I mean, I mean, I'm just blowing raspberries here, Dan. Yeah. So, so we struck, we murdered a a dude and then I ran shot back. Also, I ran shot down an airplane.
0: Yeah. Accidentally, apparently a Ukrainian airplane, which I mean of all the countries in the world, (laughs) Yep. But they shot and missiles then... at U.S. bases, which is where we picked up our recording, I believe, last week.
1: And, and we didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah.
0: And somehow, in a one week period, this administration. Oh, I
1: actually, when we recorded, Dan, that had not happened yet. Oh,
0: you're right. We recorded Tuesday morning, and that happened on Tuesday night.
1: And we were just like, what? What? And so. I waited sort of all night to see what would happen. I guess, I guess I find out in the morning. And then in the morning, he clearly was like, meh. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely, yeah. We watch because sometimes when these terrible things happen, Oscar insists on turning on Fox just because he wants to see what they're saying. He's like, let's see what crazy shit is being said because it would be good to know. And Tucker Carlson. Was railing against the strike, like the whole thing,
0: just yeah. Like
1: this was a dumb, I- this was a dumb idea. And for once, I was all, you know, it was that one moment where you're like, "Is Tucker Carlson going to save us?" And he and
0: Trump admitted that he he watched it and he he thought for a second. So yeah, yeah. But then there's also just been this kind of amazingly meandering, collapsing explanation for why they even did the original drone strike against Soleimani right like you know basically in like a one week period the strike was because we were in the midst of this is a quote imminent and sinister attacks on American diplomats and military personnel right Mm -hmm. a couple days later Mike Pompeo gets on one of the Talking Heads shows and says that while the attacks were imminent, quote, we don't know precisely when and we don't know precisely where. Okay, which doesn't feel like the definition of imminent to me. Mm -hmm. Right after that, the administration briefs the Senate and Utah Republican Mike Lee, right, who is. A Utah Republican. Right. Like he is not a moderate Republican, holds a press conference where he's just fuming about the briefing, says that it was terrible, that it was, quote, an unmitigated disaster. He goes on NPR after that to say the briefing was unprofessional, and inappropriate and reflective of a certain cavalier attitude toward the Constitution. It's a Republican senator that same day, seeing that the kind of imminent thing seems to have fallen apart. Trump says at the White House, quote, they are looking to blow up our embassy. And then that night at a rally, he says that, in fact, there were multiple embassies. And then he goes on Fox News the next day and says, quote, I can reveal I believe it was probably would have been four embassies. I can reveal That I believe it probably would have been for embassies.
1: There are a lot of weaselly words in there. Yeah.
0: I believe that at that moment in time, he believed it because he
1: was saying
0: it. So.
1: They yeah. So in this briefing, they said, we have the intelligence, but we're not telling you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're just not going to tell you. Defense Secretary Mark Esper goes on one of the Sunday shows this past weekend and is asked about the four embassies thing, and he says that he didn't see any intelligence about four embassies. This is the defense secretary. (laughs) But that he believes that the president believes it. Uh, Okay, I mean, yep. And finally, Trump yesterday rounds it all out. By tweeting that basically, you know, the fake news media and their Democrat partners are working hard to determine whether or not the future attack by terrorist Salami, was imminent or not. And he says, but it doesn't matter because of his horrible past.
1: Hmm. So that's that's why we murdered a guy in Iraq.
0: Yeah. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. That's the final reasoning. But it is amazing to see how rapidly those drumbeats of war collapsed.
1: I mean, we just, then Iraq was like, well, you all have to leave now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're just going to have to go. You got to go.
1: Because and we now also, we're like, oh,
0: we're not going.
1: We didn't tell them. No. By the way.
0: No. We're going to kill sure a guy
1: didn't. at your airport. Yeah. We're going to kill a guy at your airport. We forgot to mention. But like this time
0: last week, Maureen, I, I, if, if I had placed a bet, it would have been the impeachment is going to be over Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because we're not going to, nobody, there's nobody on Washington that is going to have the stomach to impeach a president as we move toward war. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow here we are like we are not moving towards war. In fact, it's like, wait, that was a week ago. Yep. And we are now moving toward an impeachment trial.
1: Dan, did I ever tell you the story of the day I met Oscar?
0: (laughs) I'm not sure.
1: I met Oscar in England when I was there visiting some friends and we met one night. And then the next day, because I was only there for a short time. He said, I, Here's the trouble. I gotta go. It's my mom's birthday. And I have to go to my parents' house. And they live way out like in the fields in the forest. And if I go, you know, I'm not gonna see you again. I need to go. So uh just come with me. Just come with me. And I had just met this guy, but I was like, yeah, all right. So I went with him, got in his car, uh, I had enough information to know that he was probably not going to murder me like he was known quantity. (laughs) But really, I just gotten to know him. And and uh, I I just took a chance and I got in his little car and we drove out to this beautiful English countryside where he's and one of the things he said was, we have ponies. And I said, (laughs) there you go. And I was like, well, that's not terrible. So I went with him and we get out and his family. They live in the woods. They live they live in the forest literally, and they have a house and they have a paddock with these. When I say ponies, these are giant-ass horses. These are horses. (laughs) If you look at them, they're horses, but they're referred to as ponies. They are new forest ponies. They are horses. Big-ass horses. They
0: have have cutie marks on their butt?
1: Dan, these are wild horses. Wild horses. They are not interested in your bullshit. They walk freely around. They, that's the whole thing about the new forest is it's got these new forest ponies. They walk around. They hang out in gangs. They kind of <laughs> terrorize people that while they're like, hey, you got any food? Hey, motherfucker, what's in your pocket? You got an apple? Give me your fucking apple or I'll hit you with my head. And they stand in the road so your cars can't get through. And they're like, oh, oh, you think you're going somewhere? Guess what, motherfucker? I'm a horse. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, there, we. I have photos of them. Like the car roll, windows are rolled down when we try to go on the road. They stick their head into the car. They're just like, "You're not fucking going anywhere," and I'm sticking my head in your car. In fact, one night when he was a kid, we're like kind of a late teenager, possibly in university. Um, when Oscar was at home, and on Christmas Eve, he heard a burglar in the house and they say that a lot of times houses get burgled around that time because they think people are traveling and there's gifts and valuables and he's like oh no a burglar and he sneaks downstairs and like takes a cricket bat or something to scare off the burglar and it's not a burglar it's a horse there's a horse in the house a horse (laughs) has gotten out of the paddock and has Mm -hmm. gotten through this little area and has gotten somehow gotten in. I don't know exactly where they got into, but they got into like the house area. So there was a horse in the house. So this leads us back to us. He's showing me He said, come. I have ponies. And these are ponies that I have seen those, those horses steal a picnic basket from a bunch of tourists and <laughs> run off with it. <laughs> I have. Huh? I saw those horses get in a, fun, in a fight with a bunch of wild feral hogs. And the hogs won that fight, but I'm just saying I have seen battles in that forest. So he's taking me down to see the ponies, Dan. So he says, "Come, come to the, come to the field. I will show you the pony." The ponies are way off on the other side of the paddock. It's all the way over on the side of the field. So I get into the field with him. He opens the gate. We get in, and Dan, this motherfucking giant horse. Her name is Diamond. Charges us. Charges <laughs> us, Dan. Like a horse is charging me and I'm like, oh my God. And I go to turn to like <laughs> ho- try to hop back over the fence and he goes, don't move. And I go, what? And I turn around and now I'm out of time. Like I have my, the ship has sailed in terms of me getting back to the fence <laughs> to jump back over. And so he's like, just stand there, but look away. And I was like, what? He's like, don't look at the horse. The horse is charging us, Dan. We're in a cl- closed field. A horse is charging me. And he's saying, just stand still. By the way, don't look at the horse. So, Dan, I'm standing there trying not to look at the horse that is charging to kill me. And that horse is coming and coming and coming. I'm thinking, well, I had a good run like I did. Like I was the (laughs) one that was like, I'll hop in the car. I'll come. You know, this is how I die. It's a weird serial killer move. But, you know, what can you do? (laughs) So. Maybe this is how I was meant to go. It's interesting. It's better than like he just, you know, took me out and cut me with an axe, which he probably will when he's done having me trampled with a goddamn horse. And I'll be buried <laughs> with the others out in the middle of the goddamn woods. Run, running, running. This is all going through my head. This horse this big, 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 big horse is super close. And then just slows down and wanders off. About ten feet away from us. And then Oscar wow. turns to me and says, Yeah. Oh, you just have to stand your ground and show that you're dominant, because they always have to try to um Assume control of the paddock, but then we have to assume control. And so it just, it was just, he's just recognizing our authority. And I said, You couldn't have told me that before (laughs) you showed me into the paddock that I was going to have to stand here and look away as a horse charged at me. And he said, Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot. That's our whole life, by the way, of him forgetting to tell me the most important part. And all of this is meant to say, Dan, is this is what it felt like with this Arendt thing where I was like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. The horse, it's got, uh, uh, oh, it's it's, a, what, huh? Oh, and it didn't even have to happen? Uh, What, okay. Like, this is exactly how it feels. It feels like the horse is charging. Horse got in the house, Dan. Because he's a strange little woodland creature, they had to go out in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve and dig fence posts and put the fence back up. Because when you have a horse and the horse knocks down the fence, it doesn't matter that it's freezing cold on Christmas Eve night in the middle of the night in a starry sky overhead. You have to go put the goddamn fence back up. Sure. Anyway, Dan, that's what made me think of a
0: And this episode of Says Who is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who
1: by this time next music- week, I, I, by this time next week, Dan, if it's when, no, wait, no, wait, it's not this time next week. It's this time this week, but this time next week, I'll be in. I don't know how time works. Um, I was going to say I'll be in LA, but I won't be, I'll be here. Continue, continue, continue. I, I want you to.
0: Thanks. Perfect. Our theme music is brought to you by, not brought to you. Our theme music is, you threw me off.
1: Have you ever had a horse in your house?
0: No. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. We love you, Darth.
1: Do you think Ted Leo has ever had a horse in his house?
0: I wouldn't put it past him. Me either. I think he lives in like rural Rhode Island now. So he's almost it definitely like
1: a, got a horse in his house then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can contact us at says who podcast on Twitter. You can email that is at. Hey, that is H E Y at says who podcast.com. Join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash says who Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. You can spread the word, subscribe and please leave stars and reviews on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. And you can join us next week. January 22nd for our next episode. But more importantly than that, next week, Maureen Johnson, you are going to be
1: on your book tour, Where and When? Well, that's what I was going to say, Dan, is that by this time next week, so on next Tuesday, the 21st, I will be in Los Angeles at the Grove, the Barnes & Noble at the Grove with Billy Jensen at 7 p.m. And then on the 23rd, I will be in Denver, Colorado at the Tattered Cover on Colfax.
0: That's a good again, Tattered Cover.
1: Again, 7 p.m., I think, 7 p.m. And then on the 25th, which is a Saturday, I'll be in Christiana, Delaware uh, at the Barnes & Noble there. I believe I believe that's at 4. It might be at 3. I'm not sure. <laughs> the day after that, the 26th, I'll be at... This is on my blog. I got, and I'll put up the dates on Twitter. Um, But uh, on the 25th, I'll be in Christiana, Delaware. On the 26th, I'll be in Oxford Valley, PA, hometown.
0: Your old stomping grounds.
1: And then on the 27th, which is a Monday, I'll be in Athens, Georgia. So please come out.
0: I'm excited. I'm excited for you. Are you? And I'm excited for all y'all who are going to read it.
1: And if you go out and, and get a copy, remember, I love you. Uh, from
0: my basement in chicago i am dan sinker
1: from from the from a house with a horse in it there's this john mulaney joke about trump that living in trump times is like somebody saying there's a horse loose in the hospital there's the whole there's a whole routine he does about a horse loose in the hospital and it sounds like a thing that can't happen but then i'm like but my husband had a horse loose in his house so you know
0: isn't there's a horse in the hospital? A a uh, a line from '90s rapper Doctor Octagon, I think it is. I don't know, Dan. I think it is.
1: <laughs> well, this has been.
0: You never even said your name.
1: I oh, I just, I just was, I was making you hang, hang on.
0: Oh, I thought you were finishing.
1: Oh. This has been silly me. This has been says. This is why don't you do it? You do it. This has been.
0: <laughs> this has been says,
1: says who? To, who. Everything's fine. Right?